This episode of Sorry Right Number is sponsored by Yummy Yeti. That's Y-U-M-M-I-Y-E-T-T-I. If you're a snack fiend and you love snacks, check out YummyYeti.com. Snack locally. I'm Damon. And I'm Audra. And we are Sorry Right Number. One of these days, it's going to be that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> season four, I looked it up. Season four, episode 10, I think. Oh, okay. So we have a wait. Yeah. We're all, well, this, uh, we're closing in. Um, tonight's episode is uh, season three, episode 17, Everybody Needs a Little Love. All right, I'll read the synopsis and we'll get to it. A do- uh, it's pretty short, actually. A divorced man dotes upon a mannequin. And um, this one was weird. Yeah. It was weird. This is not the first mannequin episode we've done. No. But this, if this was done now, this would have... I mean, this. granted, this one's... A, particular one is like a period piece that takes place in like I think like the, the 40s, 40s yeah I got because a real, they kept they did the gumshoe thing yeah and, yeah and they kept and they referred to a TV as uh, one of them fancy boxes mm-hmm. you know and I was like okay this is a but it yeah so I assumed it was like I was guessing like the 40s yeah I was guessing like yeah late 40s but um this was weird because if this was done now it would have been like a real doll or one of those sex dolls yeah you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry Obach is uh, the star of this one, and Richard Port Portnow, the great Jerry Obach, aka um, oh, shit, he's Briscoe been. from Law and Order, because he was on Law and Order for jeez, fifteen years. Yeah, I never watched Law and Order. Law, how, how could you not watch Law and Order? It is such a good show. How yeah, dare I'm, you? How yeah, dare whatever. You? It's a great show. Uh, I didn't watch ER either. Well, ER, I, worked, I could see, but I, I watched ER, I liked ER, but Law & Order is fucking awesome. How dare you? A police procedural that bleeds into a courtroom drama every episode? How, psh, shit, that's, that's right in my way. It was too dramatic. You're too dramatic. I just am. <laughs> I just am. In any case, this is about, and in the 40s, two divorced men would be a big deal. Because mm-hmm. it's basically... Um, I forget the one. Two guy, divorced men, two, late in life. Late in life, yeah. yeah. In their, it, 
I think they're supposed to be in their 40s, but they were easily in their 50s. No, I think they were probably in their 40s. Because <coughs> Obak, when Jerry Obak died, he was 69. Okay. So I... I it, yeah. He's the one 40s those, look different in the 80s. Yeah, well, you know, you look at these old actors, a lot of these old actors, you're like, perfect example, um, I'm 49. I'm the exact same age Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look like I don't Well, look and like I'm him. about to be 52. <laughs> and I hope I don't look like I belong in Cocoon. Mm-mm. But in any case, yeah, it's two 40s men who meet a, at a bar because they're down on their luck and they're mm-hmm. hating life because they're divorced. Couple of bar flies. <coughs> and I just remember the other guy's name is Curtis. Yeah, and but, Jerry Obach's name, he just goes by Roberts. Was it, is, yeah, like, yeah. And it was just, they were. I, I saw what they were trying to do. They were trying to do that 40s, like, gumshoe, P.I. kind of narration heavy saxophone in the background all right. the time always dark with the light on his face he obark orbach's character talks to the camera and he also narrates the whole you know every every scene he narrates it uh-huh so uh so they're in this bar and they're getting drunk and they know each other and apparently they don't work together but they're no they just of, know each other from the bar yeah they just know each other from the bar but they're kind of like uh, just bar buddies. They don't know mm-hmm. much about their other lives, but uh, this guy, he uh, Curtis, mm-hmm. he was like um, uh, complaining about his wife taking taking everything, mm-hmm. and, and he's you know women suck. And and they like they decide to carry on the bar. They close the bar. And they decide to carry it on at Curtis's house. Right, because he had a girl he wanted him to meet. Yeah, he made it sound like he was trying to hook him up. That's what I thought. And then at first I was like, Oh, it's a is it a girl? Do you want to give Roberts? You know, like right. you guys should hook up. But no, it's a mannequin and. So I was like, well, they can try. And I, look, at, look at my notes. Life-size fuck doll now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wrote in my notes right yeah. there. Yeah. That's exactly. I, and I was like, how bizarre is that? That he's he's talking this thing up and he's like, he sits it down and he, and they're drinking and hanging out. And when and earlier in the episode, he's like, and we just kept getting drunk. I was like, are they going to get drunk and both fuck this thing? Or I, yeah, I was worried I was about like, that. Where is this I was going? Like, I knew it wasn't going to get there because this was the 80s yeah okay they yeah. and they wouldn't have gone there because this would have been you know while it wasn't a family hour show it was dumb, yeah yeah you know. it's still prime time but I, I still was thinking that they were definitely acting like 20 year olds rather yeah. than four. they weren't they were just not age appropriate and apparently like pretty soon a couple days goes by and Curtis is shacked up with the the fuck doll and he acts like she's real calls her Estelle yeah and well yeah that's the thing so when they're there, the, f- the first meeting, uh, Curtis starts dancing with it, mm-hmm. and Roberts is like, uh, or Orbach's character is like, he just gets his shit and leaves. He's like, right, he's this like is, I'm this drunk. Is, this is, is weird. Drunk. Yeah, I'm drunk. This is weird. I'm gonna leave. And then he takes. He's gone for a week. He just, you know, he doesn't go to the bar for a week. He doesn't go to work for a week. And uh, he gets a call from Curtis, and he's gonna have him over for dinner. And uh, so it's like, oh, I didn't know you could even cook. And so he gets there, and there's a place, 
The table is set up and mm-hmm. the mannequin sitting there. Now the mannequin does look really lifelike, at least for then. Mm-hmm. It looks more uh, like a living doll. Like a living doll than it mm-hmm. does a mannequin. But um, he's like talking to it and, and answering it, and there's no words being exchanged. But Curtis, or uh, oh, he's even talking about how he took her to Atlantic City. Yeah, and Robert's is like, what? What the, the fuck? fuck is this? You took it, and he keeps yeah. saying it. Yeah, and then Curtis gets all pissy. And so they're like, so he starts like, he's like, it's a mannequin. It's not real. But at the same time, every time he looks at it, the <coughs> it's moved. Mm-hmm. It's positioned. Well, like and somehow hands. he said something, and it, uh, you hear the glass. Yeah, knocks the glass up. knocks over, and she's still, but her hands in a different. Yeah, and he's like, he made her upset, and he's like, it's not real. So he starts like, you know, I'm, you know, just getting he's, real inappropriate. Kinda. He's groping her. He's sticking yeah. his hand in her boobie. And, and he's grabbing, put his hand up her thigh, uh, and, and yeah, then his friend talking shit. Friend punches him in the mouth, like that's my lady, that kind of bullshit. And so when that. uh when that's over, you know, they don't talk for a while. And then, Remember he has the dream where oh, that's right. he was the one that was the mannequin. That's right. And they were, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Is this, you know. So he has them. They don't talk for like a week. He has them back. And, um, oh, the, meanwhile, the whole time, we should say in the beginning, he's talking to the, the camera, but he's actually being uh, interrogated by the police. Oh yeah, because the apparently Curtis has been embezzling money, mm-hmm. and he wasn't really divorced, and his wife was missing. And uh, so he probably killed his wife. Probably. Because that's why the uh, so yeah. Fast forward. It's just it's it, disjointed. Yeah, it's very disjointed. So the, uh, the mannequin. He, uh, Jerry Obach comes back, or Roberts comes back, and apologizes to Curtis, and and uh, what happens? It was... He stabs Curtis. He stabs Curtis? He stabs Curtis. Oh, wait, no, the mannequin. The oh, mannequin he... stabs Curtis. That's right. There, he, he knocks him out, and the mannequin stabs Curtis. Yeah, they, oh, why were, but they were, like, arguing. They were arguing because he was like, you, this isn't real. She's yeah, that's not right. real. Like, what the fuck? He's you, like, you son of a bitch. So they're fighting, and he's hit from behind. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes to, uh, the mannequin's gone. Estelle. Yeah, and Curtis has a knife buried in his chest. And then next thing you know, she's testifying against him. Yeah. She's like, yeah, she comes she comes to the police station. It's a human woman, but it's it's the mannequin. But she's human now. And she's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy who killed, killed my Curtis. And it's like, oh, man. So it didn't really, it wasn't very clear, but I can only assume that he killed his wife. Right. And then the mannequin, because he called, he called the mannequin by his wife's name. Yeah, Estelle. And then, uh, so the mannequin killed, killed him and framed, framed Roberts because he's just a jerk. He didn't really deserve to go to prison for life. No, he's just a, he's just a a loser. Yeah. And didn't believe that this mannequin was real. This weird looking. It just this was less horror and more Twilight Zone. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Like I don't even think this would have fallen into an Alfred Hitchcock presents kind of. Not even an hour and not an Outer Limits or either. No, because Outer Limits was definitely more sci-fi. But yeah, I mean, I didn't hate this one, but I didn't love it. No. Yeah, this is kind of where I'm at. I didn't. uh, I actually watched it. Like, oh, I wonder how this is going to end. 
because I but it's not it didn't make me angry right like some of them have you, yes it was as transparent as many of them are you pretty much know how it's gonna roll mm-hmm but two iconic uh, character actors Jerry Oblock who you know obviously Law and Order um, Dirty Dancing you know he's that's the, the you know that's the one that really sticks out and and um, and Richard Portnow, uh, I remember him from like uh, he was one of the attorney. He was one of the attorneys on the Sopranos. Uh, he's one of those character faces. actors. Yeah, you've seen him in every. He's been in so, so many things. Anyway, it was kind of weird to see. Uh, yeah, this one wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. You know, it was one of the few that I remember going. Oh, I remember seeing this one. Oh, see, I don't remember this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. That was, uh, that was, uh, that, but this episode came out February 22nd, 1987. Okay. So. That would have been the beginning of my senior year. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, look at you. I was, uh, I was going to be wrapping up, uh, I was a freshman in 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 87. All right, so. Well, as far as movies go, the top five for this, that week, um, I'll start with number five, Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) That one was a big thing in its day. Yeah, it was real big. Uh, Black Widow. I don't know if you remember Black Widow. I remember that movie. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It was creepy and very violent. (laughs) How ironic here. Mannequin. That was number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two was Outrageous Fortune. Okay. Uh, I think it was Bed Midler. And Platoon. Oh, God. Uh, Platoon was good. It was oh, movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just don't do well with those World War II and oh, Vietnam. Vietnam and all of that. All of that. Like, any of the war movies, if they, if they have, like, they're not just riding on horseback and doing swords. I'm like, mm, I can't deal with it. Too real for you. Too real for me. <laughs> I'm still traumatized by Enemy at the Gates, okay? Uh, From the uh, opening of Enemy at the Gates. With- you see the opening of, um, the opening of, um, I think, like, the opening of Saving Private Ryan was probably... Like, oh, that's why I didn't make it through Saving Private Ryan. I made it through was, the opening and I can't, I couldn't... Well, nope. it doesn't get much more violent than that. That's Oh, the, I just, that's it was peak. just too much. Now yeah. I've, you know, I, I don't have to have seen the movie. I know everything about it now. It's just like Titanic. I don't have to have seen it. I know it all. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, top five songs in the U.S. Uh, Samantha Fox with Touch Me. Oh, yeah. You Listen to News with Jacob's Ladder. I don't remember that song. I don't remember that song either. I remember the, he Lewis in the News, but... Yeah, I don't remember Jacob's Ladder. I probably... Maybe if I heard it, I'd know it. I just don't know it by that name. Uh, Chicago... Mm. Will you still love me? Yep. Uh, Georgia satellites are still hanging in there. Keep your hands to yourself. I love that song. Ugh. Uh, no more. And Bon Jovi living on a park. Bon Jovi is so overrated. <laughs> I don't. I don't particularly. He's like, and I know it's blasphemous to say, but it's like Bruce Springsteen. I just. I'm not a big huge. Don't Bruce. give a shit. I like a couple of Springsteen songs, but again, not a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Well. I'm not a fan. Just can't. Um, I get it. It's popular, just not for me. But um, 
yeah, that was it. That was what's going on. And that is, um, that is everybody needs a little love. Uh, They do, but I prefer something softer (laughs) than a mannequin. No shit. All right, folks, we will see you next week. Shoots.